Okay, let's start with Launchpad McQuack. Uh, that's not the actual title of this. We are And his wife Diane, Diane and Sean. Yeah, why do we own this DVD? Yeah, why do we own the DVD? Represent Sean Takaki and his wife Diane. Yeah, just wanna say, why do we own this DVD? Some nights I stay Can you do me? Can you turn mine up a little bit so I don't feel like I am yelling? Just keep talking. Okay. (laughs) I tested it with a burp. Sorry. Excuse me. Yeah, when it's a when I can hear when I'm a little louder that I'm not talking so loud and and ruining my voice. Okay. My voice is already ruined. Whatever. <laughs> Welp. Here we are. Here we are. Is that a song? No. Okay, It's then. my song. Then. Hello again, friend of a friend. You know, I could not I see Brie Larson. Brie Larson. I mean, it's because of the hair. The hair throws you off a little bit. But I mean, I really try because I, because the Brie Larson that I now know is just so cool and like relaxed. This Brie Larson is very wound up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah. That was also. Oh, and everyone looked so fucking young. 13 years ago <laughs> or whatever. But yes. <laughs> and <Anyways>. we're done. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Why Do We Own This DVD? This is a podcast where we talk about our DVD collection. We do. I'm Diane and that's Sean. I am. And this week we are talking about a movie that's definitely Sean's, but... It one is. one that I really, really like, too. She does. <laughs> Thanks. And tonight we are talking about Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Do you say versus or verse? Versus. Is there any other way? Do you say verse? Like Batman versus Superman. Versus, right? It's because the word is versus. Versus. Yeah. 
V-E-R-S-E-S? S-U-S, isn't it? Maybe? Versus. I've never once in my life said verse, except I, if I'm talking about a song. No. What verse is this? But like when it's like against? Who uses because like, with Scott like Kilogram verse? The world? I'd be like, wow, you said that completely wrong. Because like the present tense of, I don't even know if it's a correct tense, but it's like, oh, he's versing that guy, you know. Again, another sentence I would never say in my entire life. Hmm. I don't know. Because I know I've definitely heard and have said verse. Okay. You know. I'm glad I haven't heard that. I would have walked out of the room. <laughs> but I mean, I, but I do realize that the word is a versus. And I do usually, I do say verses. But anyways. Glad we cleared that up. If you're in doubt, just say it's this guy against this guy. Batman v. Superman. Or just say V. If you're dumb. Batman v for Vendetta Superman. (laughs) All right. So, Scott Pilgrim, you were saying. Uh, Oh, I was saying, yes, before we recorded, I was saying that I do, I was well aware how much I enjoy this movie. Uh, In fact, I, how much I love this movie. What I was, I think, last night unprepared to re- do you re-remember something or do you just remember something? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you can re-remember something. Because, I mean, re-remembering suggests you're remembering you've remembered again, something and then forgot, forgotten and now you're remembering it again for the yes. first time. Yeah, that's a thing. Okay. Well, I, so I, had, I didn't realize what this movie does to me in my core. Okay. I won't go so far as to say heart, but I might say heart. <laughs> you can say heart. No, I know. We get cheesy it, on this show. This movie makes me so happy. I mean, like, it, it just warmed me up the mm-hmm. whole entire time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I remembered, like, all the, the small crushes I had throughout the movie. I mean, mm-hmm. namely Ramona, but, you know. As your wife sits over there. Yeah, yeah. Two feet away from you. I mean, I forgot how how weirdly charming Chris Evans is. As Oh, I've never forgotten that. As a bad guy. I mean, god damn it. I had <laughs> such a serious man crush on him last night. And you usually aren't, well, you're and not I'm, a fan of Captain America. And I'm we not a this. fan of Captain America. I am a fan of Chris Evans. But yeah. but even then, only mildly. Have you seen Snowpiercer? No. You never, see, I watched that, is that with, by myself. You weren't. Is that with a Winstead? Is Mary Elizabeth Winstead in that? Oh, I don't. Or actually, is that just Chris Evans and, uh. I, you know, I don't know. Is, now that is a Beckinsale in it? No. Okay. No, I only remember Chris Evans. Um, but I'm not usually attuned to Mary Elizabeth Winstead. What year was that? Twenty like fourteen, I want to say. Who is the IMDb are you on? I just happened to be on Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Oh, I don't think she was. I don't okay. remember too many. I don't remember any other like Americans in that movie. Okay. to be honest. 
There, I mean, there could have been. Oh, hi, Cuss. We have a different podcast on the um, bed. Snowpiercer is great, by the way, if anyone um, has not seen it, like my husband. I mean, yeah. That would be one I would um, purchase on uh, clearance DVD at Half Price Books for like three bucks. <laughs> well. It's just. In- oh, you know why? Huh. Allison Pill is in that. Oh. I did know that there was. My favorite character in this movie? I did know that there was more than one. Scott Pilgrim alumni. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, I think I know who she is now in my, in that movie. Cuss, that movie is wild. It your, is. Your big butt is on the recorder, Cuss. It's you great. Gotta get off. <clears throat> All right, so let's talk about Scott Pilgrim. You can talk about our feelings throughout the entire episode. That is fine. So this movie opened August 13th, 2010. It's directed by Edgar Wright. Written by Edgar Wright and Michael Ball, I believe. I, believe. I didn't write this down, but I'm trying to remember from last night. Yeah, I believe so. And it's based on the graphic novel series Scott Pilgrim by Brian Lee O'Malley, a Korean Canadian, Canadian Korean. He's Canadian Asian. A He's Canadian, Canadian who happens to be half Korean because O'Malley is. Not. Oh yes, you're right. O'Malley is not a traditionally sounds Korean a, name. Sounds a bit Irish. <laughs> and this movie, uh, Michael Bacall. What did I say, Michael Ball? Yeah. Well, you know, I was. Michael Bacall is the parrot version of Michael Ball. Michael Bacall, <laughs> the parrot version. <laughs> is he like the son of Lauren Bacall? I don't know if she had kids. To be honest. Okay, so this movie starts off in Toronto. 22-year-old Scott Pilgrim, played by Michael Sarah, is a bassist for his unsuccessful indie garage band, Sex Bob-omb. 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 I can't say it. You, you say it like Sex the guy, you see it like bo- the guy at the club. I know. Sex bob Sex bob Sex bob bob That's what I said. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> Um, what what is Babam from? I don't know. David Bowie. Super Mario Brothers. Okay. Stop tippy tapping. I'm getting tippy tap doop doop doop. Now I gotta write a note down. Cause you're in the way. Yeah, write down the note that I was tip tapping the laptop. Um. So yeah, Scott Pilgrim. He's um dating Knives Chow, played by Ellen. Ellen Wong. Wong. She's a 17-year-old high school student, much to the disapproval of his friends in the band, his roommate Wallace. I mean, the only two and people... his younger sister, Stacy. They're all like, why are you no, dating? No, isn't Stacy his This uh what Isn't you... she his older sister? No, he's 22. She's like No, she's younger. Oh, she's like 18. She calls him little brother. Well, look at him. No, I oh, I know, but I thought she was 18. I don't recall. Okay. But yeah. What were you going to say? No. Uh, Talking about uh, Scott the dating Knives. The disapproval of Knives show is only really had by Kim Pines. Played by Allison Pill. And. Pine. And Oh, Pine. My favorite character. And his sister. Stephen Stills and young Neil. Mm-hmm. They're fine with it. They're that. on board with it. Because she's a groupie. Because A, Stephen Stills needs groupies. He needs stalker fans. And young Neil 
just thinks most things are cool. <laughs> I love Young Neil. I, you know, I love them all. Steven um, Stills. I love all the names too. Yeah. You know, but, but yeah, Steven Stills is such a, I don't even know who that actor is, you know? Mark Webber. Yeah, I don't know who he is outside of this movie. Mm-hmm. He's so good. I mean, he's such a he's manic. The, um, he's the main, he's like the singer, right? Yep, he's the front man. He's the front man. Young Neil is not in the band. He's, he's like he's the, their roadie. Their roadie manager? Not really. He's yeah. played by Johnny Simmons. And he looks like, he's, he's so familiar to me. He looks like, who does he look like? He looks like he would be Matt Damon's younger brother. I know. Every time I watch it, I'm like, I I know you. He looks like he would be like, like a he's like a wannabe Justin Bieber esque <sighs> because of the hair. But no, he's I mean, and he's such a he's kind of like a weird. He almost seems like he might be on the spectrum a lot of the times because he's. Because he's such a, he's very ditzy. But he's very like honest But too. he's very earnest and, and I mean, he's, he's just a sweet kid who just. Let's <laughs> talk about Kim Pine really quick too. Their drummer. I love Kim Pine. I love, oh my God. I, she she's is. She's the best. She was my favorite when I first saw it and she's, she's still the, my favorite. She's the conscience of, well, of this friend group. Yes, because she's not afraid to call Scott out. Scott out on his bullshit. Yeah, and she has reason. Oh, sure. You know she's. Mm-hmm. But I mean, she's she's the voice of reason in the group because Stephen Stills is all about just making it. He just he wants to make it. Yeah, he wants to be a, young, a successful. Young band. Neil is just happy to be there. He's like, I'm here for the ride. And Scott is very much just all up in his own ass. Yep. 100%. You know. And yeah, so that's the band. And then I mentioned his roommate, Wallace, played by Kieran Culkin. Perfectly cast. Um, Kieran Culkin. Uh-huh. Wallace Wells, right? Wallace Wells. He, so Kieran, absolute scene stealer whenever he's on I camera. think so. I, I think so too. Yeah. So perfectly deadpan when he needs to be. Mm-hmm. And weirdly, like just randomly energetic. He's got a weird energy about yeah. him. He's definitely about the vibes if we want to put He's, this into twenty twenty three I mean, terms. If he was a if he was an animal, he'd be a cat. Mm, interesting. Just unpredictably psychotic. Yeah. And mostly chill. Yeah. Yeah. But but he will randomly spaz out. Yeah. Oh, by the way, you need to move up. <laughs> you know. Kick her in the balls. Kick her in the, <laughs> Kick her in the balls. Oh yeah, fight. <laughs> and then his sister Stacy, played by Anna Kendrick. America's sweetheart. America's Anna Kendrick. sweetheart. I I mean I would say scene stealer, but I feel like all these people. Because they're written because the they're the writing is so good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, this is one of those movies where I feel like a lot of people haven't seen it. But they, if they saw this cast list, they'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah. How did I miss it's, this? It's one you know? of those movies. Yeah. yeah. And it was 
you know, early in all these people's careers. Mm-hmm, I mean, this is, you know, 2010. And I read that even though Twilight came out in 2008, which, of course, Anna Kendrick's in. But she had tried out for Scott Pilgrim first. So this actually came first for her. So she was very unknown. Mm-hmm. And then Twilight came out. So when this came out, people were like, oh, it's a friend from Twilight yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever else she did in between. But um, yeah, she's, you know, that we are fans of Anna Kendrick. She can do no wrong. I mean, yeah, no brag, but close personal friend. I made her food. Did you? Yeah, at Portal. Because <laughs> her, like, her weird, like, assistant had come in earlier and bought her like this hundred dollar wine tasting card mm-hmm. and she came in with some dude and they had Was it a, josh from princess diaries wouldn't that be fun <laughs> the, guy, the guy i keep calling tristan yeah yeah no yeah. yeah no but i mean they they had wine they had food and she was very nice and very just i mean she she like every time you see her like on a talk show that's her yeah. That's just her. Yeah. And of course, Knives Chow. Uh, Ellen Wong is fucking adorable. She. And it's so hard. I mean, you're kind of on her side the whole time. And it's weird because you, you definitely want. I. It's hard. It's, I don't want to say that you're on Scott's side ever, but no, you do. He's, because he's a he's a terrible he's a terrible person. He's 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 really a terrible terrible person. But he's so sadly likable and sadly relatable too. Yeah, of course. I feel oh, like yes. a lot of people be yes. like, "Oh shit, he's awful." But yeah, I kind of get it. But like, yeah, I get it. But I mean, and you see like knives. Mm-hmm. She is so painfully like just tiny and cute. Like her face when she's sad. Oh, I know. I'm like, ow! Everything hurts inside of me right I, now. Like when, because the whole time I'm like, oh, they're just you know they're cute together, fine. You know, she's adorable. He's you know, Michael Sarah. And they <laughs> do their, a- they do their dance jazz revolution, and they're so in sync. And you're like, she's having so much fun with her boyfriend. And like you know, Michael and- Sarah's not a heartthrob. Not at all. No, he's he's gangly. He's awkward looking his hair is shaggy <laughs> i mean his he, he's got funky teeth i mean he his <laughs> face his head looks like he's like a sock puppet <laughs> but yet he's so like oddly likable yes mm-hmm. for all his his negatives and his foibles and his you know narcissism and and everything else yeah and just his insecurity his insecurities make him sympathetic mm-hmm and I I found myself getting angry at me for feeling bad for him. Like, I shouldn't feel bad for him. Like, no, he put this upon himself. He's a But I do like I do like him and I relate to him. And I'm like I I think I've been him many times in my life. Oh great. But yeah. And but it's and it's easily it's easy to to have empathy for him. For some strange reason, even though you don't want to. Well, it's a well-written character. But and again, it comes back to the writing. Yeah, all these and the funny thing about the about the actors, or at least their characters in the movie, mm-hmm. not even just the characters in general, but all of them have been. I think they've been 
treated well enough on the pa- on the page where they all get you know the a fair amount of screen time of of lines of you know just things to say and do on camera yeah like no one has ever felt you don't ever feel like any of them is unnecessary yeah mm-hmm. and i mean even when they sh- they could be unnecessary they they get brought back like uh like Josh and uh Stacy's one-time boyfriend and Julia or Julie <laughs> and okay fucking we'll Julie. get to- god damn yes okay um i don't know if she appears in the plot we might have to talk about her right now oh yeah but i mean but Scott <laughs> inexplicably manages to get the interest and attention of the best girls for some strange reason. I'd... Like his one big heartbreaking ex-girlfriend Envy Adams is she was Natalie is is instantly too good for him. Oh my gosh. You know, yeah. They, their numbers do not match yeah. at all. She is so outside of his league, mm-hmm. and yet they were together for a while, mm-hmm. long enough to where it, it's ruined his it's his life him, for 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 a good stretch. Made him not get a haircut, and then even knives who, as she comes to realize at the end, she's already too cool for him at seventeen years old. Yeah, and and the girl in between, or well, is too cool for anyone mm-hmm. and yet still manages to like I don't say snag her but you know to, to like catch her you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is unfathomable yes which which tells you this is a work of fiction <laughs> so let's talk about her um, Scott has this dream where he sees a girl with hair like this and he sees a girl with like purple pink um, pink? It's very uh, like magenta. Yeah, and she's rollerblading. He's like in a he's, he's he's like in a desert. He's like in a salt flat. Yeah, it's a barren landscape. There's like there's like one saguaro cactus or something. Sure. It's ridiculous. And then, but she, yeah, she goes skating by, mm-hmm. and and that just it's we don't know why he has this like dream this vision thing dream. yeah but yeah, yeah and he goes about his day hanging out with with knives but this 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 weird hallucinogenic girl is in his mind has been on his mind all day mm-hmm. he's off his game he's distracted mm-hmm. they're at the library right because he has a big stack of books and they're walking downstairs yes and yep. he sees her yep and he is absolutely gobsmacked yeah which, to be fair, I get it. I know. Scott Pilgrim, I get it. So this girl, her name is Ramona Flowers. She's played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead. And yeah, you see her and you're like, well, she's the coolest person ever, She's right? the coolest person in Toronto by yeah. far. By far. Sorry, everyone else. Like, I mean, yeah. Songs will be written about her. Um, yes, <laughs> they will. <laughs> and, and and they do. <laughs> yep. 
And so he and the band go to this party. And he sees... No, the does she... He... The Amazon he, thing, right? He... Well, they go to they go to Julie's party. Yeah, Julie, quick, played by Aubrey Plaza. By um, a, by a seemingly even younger than should be Aubrey Plaza. Why she looks like she's twelve? How old is she? Isn't she, she like sixty five? She's like. Well, she was born in eighty four, so she's five years younger than me. So she was what twenty six. She looks like a goddamn teenager. Yeah, you know, uh, she might be my second favorite character. So oh, she, she! I mean, and she's so again, fucking funny. Again, she's an absolute scene stealer. Yeah, but yeah, her and Stephen Stills were a thing. She's invited Stephen and his band to a party because there's gonna there could be there could potentially be like industry people there, and mm-hmm. that's that's what Stephen's after. Yeah, that's what he wants. He want he needs to. We connect. gotta get signed. He needs to network. He just wants to get signed. So Scott, against even his will, goes to this party. And then he comes across his friend. I say friend. A guy he knows named Como. Mm-hmm. Played by Jonah Ray slash Jermaine Clement. Yeah, I was like, how do you look like so a, familiar like a weird hybrid. to me? And he's like, hey, Como. I mean, and this is straight out of the book. Hey, Como. Okay. You know pretty much everybody. Yeah. Have you seen a girl with hair like this? Now, in the book, mm-hmm. he doesn't have a drawing. Scott sort of mimics little curly cues with his fingers. He just goes, oh. have you seen a girl with hair like this? <laughs> but so, but yeah, in the movie, he has like, <laughs> Scott holds up a, a very rough scribble of mm-hmm. a vaguely humanoid head. Which you painted. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's iconic. Yeah. <laughs> And Como goes, oh, yeah, that's Ramona Flowers. Oh, yeah, I heard she might be here tonight. So now Scott's on a mission. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah. he's And he does, in fact, spot her. And he stalks her. And against, standing against the wall, just being like a wallflower. And he scooches up very, un, very, not, very inelegantly. Yeah. And, he, he sidles yeah. up next to her and tries to. He tries to lay on some riz, and it doesn't work. With his Pac-Man facts? With no. his Paku Paku Man, which falls, which he's he's fluid with it, with with knives. Yeah. Oh, he... Because with her, he's comfortable. He's he's very self-secure. Mm-hmm. And it's... Because he already knows that she adores him. Yeah. So anything he he's, says... He's not even doing it to impress knives. He's doing it just to, you know... Well, to hear himself say something cool. Exactly. But he tries to pull this on Ramona, and he is fumbling his words. Oh, it comes out so wrong. And she is 100% not into it. Could, couldn't could care less. Yeah. And he goes, I'll leave it alone forever now. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, thanks. But then... But then he stalks her all through the party. Yeah. And then he... And he goes to Julie... Uh huh. Oh, he well, he he goes to Neil, young Neil, because mm-hmm. he's freaking out over you know Ramona. He goes to, back to Como because he wants to know about her. He's like, oh, talk to the to two chicks, whatever their names yeah. were, and they know vaguely her backstory, which is she came from America. From she was hanging, she had some kind of you know 
she's she's left broken hearts everywhere she goes. You know, there's already like rumors about this girl. Mm-hmm. All these people seem to know. Mm-hmm. And then Julie gets wind that Scott is got Ramona on his radar, and she's absolutely against it. Yeah, of course she is. And even Stephen Stills knows about Ramona. Mm-hmm. Never said anything. <laughs> but of course, he also doesn't know that Scott isn't supposed to know. He's like, oh yeah, didn't you say she had some kind of breakup? And and Julie has been keeping info from Scott. But but he is, I mean, he's hooked. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's no tearing him away until... Yeah, the Ramona poison is in his blood. Yeah. I'm I'm doing Italian. <laughs> you are doing. I don't know why. Sean is very animated. I keep watching his microphone getting like flung about while oh, he's it's, talking. It's, it's flipping left and right. And his little Italian hands in the other hand. I'm like, what is he doing? I haven't seen this. In, I haven't seen him this excited ever. Um. <laughs> uh, and does he see her the next day? The Amazon thing. Or well, yeah, because, I, mean, I don't know how much time it's because passed. yeah, Julie tells him that you know he tell she tells him what she knows, which is she came from America, she got a job at Amazon, she comes into her work once in a while. Yeah. So now he gets the idea. I got to order something from Amazon. So order something from Amazon.ca. Yes. And I do like because he wakes up, you know, Wallace. Amazon.ca. What's the website? Amazon.ca. Yeah. It's like I got to order something cool. We don't know what he orders, mm-hmm. but he does place an order on Amazon. Yeah. This was back when there weren't deliveries on weekends. And I mean, he's like a, like a, like a love struck schoolboy. He's waiting at his door. Mm-hmm. He like literally clicks order and then sits in front of the door. And and while he's trying to place an order, he gets a, a random email mm-hmm. with like vaguely threatening messages like which he ignores words like duel yeah. and to the death and he just he's he doesn't he it doesn't even register he's like, he's like That's delete really boring <laughs> delete, delete. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's the one thing about michael sarah and his delivery with a lot of these lines like no one else could have done it so awkwardly and perfectly and it's funny because the the book version of scott program is is much cooler than Michael Sarah. Mm, interesting. Michael Sarah brought a specific flavor to Scott Pilgrim, which doesn't it doesn't necessarily read that way in the books. Because mm-hmm. I mean, in in the books, throughout the books, he's he's mostly strong and secure and confident. Mm-hmm. It's only with you know the Envy Adam stuff where he gets kind of thrown off his game. Yeah, but in this movie, he's Michael Sarah, he's he's very easily flustered. You know. I'm sorry, I keep looking at Sean's Italian, and your shoulders are hunched. I I know. I'm gonna. I'm getting tense. I can feel it. <laughs> oh, but yeah. So he does continue to hang out with knives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he doesn't then, break up with her, even though he's like pursuing Ramona. And then the next morning, he has another dream of Ramona. At his door. So, of course, he wakes up, goes to the door, and as he opens it, she's about to ring the bell. So, he's like, wait, how did I know? Yeah. How how did you do that? How did I dream about this? 
And so this this movie is very much unrealistic in every sense. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a living video game. Yeah. And it's it's just and it's it's also time and space portally because oh she's like oh yeah you have this weird subspace in your brain which is a lot faster for me to get from place to place. Mm. So I mean she she actually in the movie travels through people's thoughts. She she can she can traverse time and space. Yeah. Through a series of well of of magical doors. Sure. Yep. But yeah, so she's at his door delivering his stupid package. And he instantly is asking her out. Yeah. Waste no time. Yeah. And she's like, no. And she's like, why? No, no, why would I? Yeah. But he has an ex- inexplicable mojo, some kind of charm. And she's like, if I say yes, will you sign for your damn package? Yeah. And he signs. So she's agreed contractually. I mean, it's now in writing, literally, mm-hmm. that they're going to go out. Yeah. He's like, great, 8 o'clock. And he meets her at the top of some weird long staircase mm-hmm. at night, at 8 o'clock at night. In the dead of winter. And, and they hang out for the evening. Yeah. I mean, just doing nothing. Yeah. They're like, they visit, you know, some old playground and just kind of talk mm-hmm. and then they go back to her place mm-hmm. for to warm up for to, to have some tea the tea thing it's fucking amazing oh and she says all the flavors of the tea we have blueberry raspberry ginseng sleepy time green tea green tea with lemon green tea with lemon and honey liver disaster ginger with honey ginger without honey vanilla almond white truffle blueberry chamomile vanilla walnut constant comment and earl gray because i don't even know if that was scripted Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I think I had read some of that. She just, you know. Just blathered them off. Just ripped them out of her ass. Okay. Okay. So they're kind of, you know. She's obviously into him. She's into him. Knives is still into him because Because he hasn't done anything otherwise. Yeah. And Wallace... In in Scott's love life, he is the voice of reason. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, if you want this Ramona girl, you have to break up with, as he calls her, your fake high school girlfriend. Yeah. But first, you know, they have a battle of the bands. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Sponsored. the next morning, he's like, come to this battle of the bands thing. Yeah. Which, of course, Knives is so excited about. <laughs> battle of the bands! Like, she's just... Her excitement cannot be contained. Like she's the the Toronto International Battle of the Bands. Yes, it's sponsored by G Man, Gideon Graves. We don't know his name though. He's just like indie producer of the year, G Man. Yeah. Um, so they have a battle of the bands, and something happens there. Well, okay. Okay. The here first, we go. It. This is. Yeah, you can't super take classic, four like, hours to talk no, about No, it's just super classic like, shitty garage bands. The the band they're battling is Crash and the Boys. Oh my god, they're amazing. Which, in which this whole scene, I love Wallace Wells. Oh my god, he's so funny. Because the, the lead guy for Crash and the Boys introduces the band. He's like, I'm Crash. These are the boys. 
their their drummer is a very small, very young Asian girl. Yeah. And, and of course and Wallace Wells is like, is that girl a boy too? And of course, Kim is like, they have a they have girl, a girl drummer, drummer and she's Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so yeah, mm-hmm. so Crash and the Boys play very <laughs> They just classically like just super indie like very very emo core yeah indie punk songs yeah one of them is like two seconds three long. is three words mm-hmm. it's like two notes yeah <laughs> i like the other one this next song is for that guy who keeps yelling and it's from the balcony <laughs> it's called we hate you please die <laughs> Dumb. yeah so yeah then and then it's sex bombs turn mm-hmm and Scott's goal was for them to play loud and fast. Yeah. Play fast and loud. Yeah. And as they're and as they they're sound playing, good, I thought. as I mean, they're playing their song "Dump Truck" or yeah. "Garbage Truck," uh, a young Indian man bursts through the ceiling of the of the, the roof of the building. Yeah. Uh, flying in like Superman. Yeah. I'm here to. And, Whatever the fuck he says. And he attacks, well, Scott, but, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And starts comic book superhero fighting him. Yeah, it's like video game fighting. And it turns out that he has, he was the one who challenged Scott to a duel via email, which Scott only skimmed. And deleted. And so... He's Scott finds himself in this fight. Like, who are you? With what Matthew is, Patel. What do I do? Yeah, <laughs> Matthew Patel. Yep. And yeah, we find out that he is one of he is Ramona's ex-boyfriend. One of Yeah, he's played by Satya Baba. And Scott defeats him and learns that in order to date Ramona, he must defeat her remaining six evil exes yeah like on the bus ride back home scott's like what the hell was that about yeah and ramona she She's she like, knows mm. she gets it she didn't think it would it would happen in canada but she's like well i think if we're gonna date you're gonna have to defeat my seven evil exes yeah of which math of which matthew patel was number one yeah so yeah there exists we so Scott figures out that that there exists this league of the seven evil exes, which are fighting any suitors in Ramona's love life. Mm-hmm. So Scott finds himself in this weird battle for his life. Really, yeah. It, I mean, they're it, they're each one is a fight to the death. Yeah, because uh- Matthew Patel exploded into a handful of coins. Yep, that's the goal. So he, yeah, and like you said, Wallace is like, you need to break up with Knives if you're gonna date Ramona. So he's got to do this too. So he breaks up with Knives and... But it's hard. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the, yeah, when he dumps Knives, the first few times I saw it, you know, I was like, oh, that sucks. Last night, seeing her hurt little face. Right? Yeah. I was so mad for her. 
Yeah. So, of course, she, well, she blames Ramona and swears to, she's she'll win him back. Yeah, I think at first she doesn't, she doesn't she understand doesn't why. Yeah. She just knows that something is up. So she starts stalking Scott. And in so doing, she sees him hanging out with this cool hipster chick who happens to be Ramona. Yeah. Um, And then, meanwhile, Scott proceeds to get attacked by um, and defeats the next three exes. So the first one, or say the next one is Hollywood actor and skateboarder Lucas Lee, played by Chris Evans in a star-making performance. You know... This is a year before Captain America. I mean, this is like... What? I I see Chris Evans now, or I mean, in this movie. He's mm-hmm. so good. I mean... Oh my God, yeah. Like, it's so wildly ridiculous. I mean, yeah, he, he he's playing this like super douchey, just... <laughs> like action star. Action, you know... Who says really cheesy lines? I mean, he's basically like in like a like a Canadian uh, Jean Claude Van, Van Damme. Jean. What? 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 Jean Claude Van Damme. Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah, I think so. Van Damme. Uh-huh. You know, he's just kind of that kind of doofy guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With his eyebrows. With his very <laughs> severe eyebrows. Oh my god. And just. His lines, they're, I mean... They're, I mean, they're just so cheesy. They're, they are like Arnold Schwarzenegger action movie level, just... Yeah. Cheese. Yeah. And they're so good. And that's he, hilarious. at first, we, you know, <laughs> we don't think that Scott will survive this one because not only is it Lucas Lee, but it's all of his stunt doubles. It's all his stunt team, which, which Scott, you know, manages to, to defeat. Uh-huh. But Lucas Lee is, I mean, because each... Each ex that Scott faces is like a little mini boss in a video game. Yeah. Lucas Lee is very, very tough. I mean, the first thing he does is he punches Scott in the face and throws him across the, the square the into a castle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. But yeah, I mean, he's easily just, just tromping Scott. Mm-hmm. But then Scott, who is not an idiot. I mean, he's an idiot. As... as yeah. As Kim Pine will say, mm-hmm. he's an idiot. He's an idiot. He is an idiot, but he's not stupid. Yeah. He he's gonna he's gonna reverse psychology defeat Lucas Lee. Yeah. Well, hey, you're a pretty good actor. Are you a pretty good skater? Mm-hmm. And of course Lucas Lee And of Lee. course Lucas Lee in his pride, his hubris. Hoisting on his own petard. Yes. He's like, I'm not only good, I have my own skate company. Yeah. He's like, well, can you do a thingy on that rail over there? <laughs> he 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 dares Lucasly to grind down this massive flight of stairs on the rail. Yeah. Which Lucasly, in his pride, because there's girls watching, can't say no. Yeah. He does it, and he blows up at the bottom of the sea. <laughs> Coins. There's coins and a little score, you know? Yeah. Um, And then the next one, the next X is super-powered vegan Todd Ingram, played by 
Brandon Ruth. Routh? Brandon. Brandon I, say, I think I say Brandon Ruth. Routh? Do I, I've said I both. I don't know. I know I've or said Tom both. Superman. Um, uh, Todd is also in a band. He is the bassist for Envy Adams, ex-girlfriend of Scott Pilgrim, played by Brie Larson. Yeah, he's the bassist of the band The Clash of Demon Head. Yeah, I couldn't remember the name. Great fucking band name. Uh, Todd has uh, bleached (laughs) white hair. and Doesn't bother bleaching his eyebrows. Oh, no, no, no. He's got some eyes. He's got some some Peter Gallagher esque caterpillars on his. His eyes glow. He can, like, I mean, he's got superpowers. He has vegan superpowers. Um, But as with Lucas Lee, Scott has found um, the thing that would defeat him based on. I forgot what I was going to say. By tricking him into consuming dairy. Yeah, he found the. the Achilles heel? Sure. I'm trying to think of what... Well, again, he's using... He's using their superpower to his advantage and their disadvantage. He's using Todd's pride in being able to read minds. And his pride of being a vegan. I mean... To, like, you know... Because, yeah, Scott offers him two coffees. One with soy milk, one with half, half and, and half. half. Yeah. He holds up one, which he claims has soy... That's straight and, out of Princess And Todd Bride. is like, <laughs> and Todd goes, bro, I can read your mind. I, I I know that you put half and half into one of those cups. Yeah. I'll take the one with soy. And he takes the other one, mm. drinks it. And Scott goes, yeah, but I thought really hard about putting soy in this one. Mm-hmm. You just drank half and half. Yeah. And so then, again, he's outsmarted him. Yeah. And the vegan police show up because <laughs> of course they do, right? This is what happens when a vegan accidentally partakes in... Because I mean, yeah, animal products. Yeah, because Todd had been sent away to Vegan Academy when he was young. Vegan Academy. He learned, you know, the secrets of veganism. Mm -hmm. And in so doing, takes on a responsibility, which is to maintain vegan edge. (laughs) Yeah. So the the vegan police show up. (laughs) You're under arrest. (laughs) And um, he defeats Todd. But oh, this was we didn't mention. They also have a base battle. Yeah, lead, it leads. Yeah, their fight leads up to a, a base a base battle because they are both play, base players. After and- after Scott has peed his pants. <laughs> if if I peed my pants, would you pretend that it was just rain? It's not raining. <laughs> oh, but yeah, he defeats Todd, um, and then he comes across. Yeah, he Ninja Rock Victor. Yeah, he's he's. He has a, a chance or seem, a seemingly enchanted encounter with a mystical zooming force as yes. he's walking through the snow. Yes. Turns out it's a young, angry emo girl. Played by... Played by the very lovely and sweet Mae Whitman. Yes, of course. Voice of many, many animated characters that we uh, love. Namely... Katara from Avatar of the Last Airbender. Yeah. Good God. She was fucking, she was so good on that show. Yeah. She's great in this movie. Yeah. She's such a, she's so cute. I don't want to say a spaz, but like, she's a spaz. 
No, she's she's a but she's he doesn't, an angry emo girl. But he doesn't. They don't fight. She's like, you haven't seen the last of me. Because yeah, I mean, he is. But he doesn't know. He because doesn't. He's very much just. I can't be bothered. Can we do this some other time? Like, he doesn't trying. even know that it, she's one of the exes. No, at he just point, no one does. He just thinks he's getting mugged. Yeah. Um. Because she and then she disappears. And he's <laughs> she, like, well, in a cloud of smoke. In a cloud of smoke. And then he also is confronted by his ex. N.B. Adams in the coffee shop. This is where we first really, this is where we first meet N.B. Because we saw her perform. We saw Brie Larson perform a metric song. Yeah. The, called the girl Black who, Sheep. <laughs> the girl who kicked his ass in his heart. It's a pop star. Is a world famous rock star. Pop rock. She's, she's, I, I, like looking at it now, I I compare her to like a a a Taylor Momsen. She's like a like a, a pretty oh, reckless. I would say like a Haley Williams. But she but this one's a bad girl. You know, you saying Haley Williams was never? No, I, I don't know. I have no idea. I I think Haley Williams is is a very positive, good affirming role model-esque, you know, person. Okay. Are you Whereas saying Taylor NB- Momsen isn't? <laughs> or, I mean, Taylor Momsen's very much a, a fuck the system. Sure. Which is what Envy Adams is kind of putting out there. This dark, moody, mm-hmm. you know, like vibe. But yeah, I mean, and again, she was, she dated Scott. Mm. Like I said before, way out of his league. Yeah. Yet inexplicably, he managed to, you know, yeah. hook this one. Yeah, and she, they, she meets up with him, or she, they run into her at the coffee shop, and yeah, because he's she, been, yeah, because Ramona's like gone. She she bailed after Lucas Lee. After she Lucas di- Lee, she disappeared. She hasn't been returning his calls. She's been kind of ducking him because she's because she because she feels ashamed. Sure. And she and she's like, you know, if you, I can understand if you don't want to hang out anymore. He's like, no, 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 I want to hang out. I'm cool with it. And then yeah, and then and, and then and because no one's gonna tell me how to shit. <laughs> <laughs> because Envy Adams shows up, mm-hmm. and she's heard of like this this mythical like horrible ex that broke his heart, and mm-hmm. turns out it's her. This you know most famous person in. Mm-hmm. To come Canada. out of Toronto, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she, and somehow she, somehow Envy knows of Ramona. Mm-hmm. We don't know how yet. Mm-hmm. And she's like, fine, I'm jealous. And they, they have like a little, a weird back and forth. And she's like, well, you should come open for me at, at the, at the, at Lee's Palace. Which is the, that one club where they play. Oh, at. yeah, uh-huh. Which I think is named after Brian Lee. I don't know. Is it? Or is it? Yeah, I, I, maybe. Or Lucas Lee. Yeah, I know. That sounds like, wait. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This says, however, Scott grows frustrated during the process. And after an outburst regarding Ramona's dating history, she breaks up with him. So he's getting annoyed with all these fights that's, that he's had to that's do. That's far ahead. I don't know. Yeah. Again, that's a badly written synopsis that you read from. I'm going to go with that. Okay. Because you're on the thing. One pair of pants later. 
Aw, cuss. Okay. <sighs> so yeah, I skipped ahead according to this, so you can continue. But yeah, so yeah. Um yeah, he wins the fight with Todd Ingram. And so they head over to the the after party that was supposed to be held by Clash of Demon Head. Yeah. And they, you know, they they go to this party where Scott is being very mopey. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, you should maybe we should talk about your all your exes. Cause he's, you know, he's he's being kind of critical over all these exes, which I mean to be fair, they are trying to kill him. Yeah. And and she doesn't see it as a huge deal because she's like, Well, everyone has bad breakups. What about you? And you know, all of yours, you know, what about knives? And what about Kim? And you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, Envy was rough, but I mean, you know, everyone someone gets hurt, you know, whenever there's a breakup. And so you and, know, he, and he's frustrated though because he realizes that Ramona has never been the one that's been broken up with. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's always like, you've never been the dumper. No, you've always been the dumper, you've never been the dumpy. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then and then while they're standing at the bar, he gets his head smashed in <laughs> by um, oh. the girl from earlier. And it's Roxy Rock- Richter. It's Roxy. It's the ninja. And but he's still because he's he's like what? he's an idiot. He's very confused. He doesn't understand what's going on. And he's like, Because well, he he always says you're your you're ex-boyfriend. Boyfriend. And then she and she always says exes. And then he's like, You always say that. Why is that? And that's when and I that's think when he gets his head smashed. He gets his head smashed in. And he's like, wait a second. And then Yeah, because yeah, and Roxy's there making, you know, eyes at him. She's like Come on, her, her, her eyebrows are dancing a jig. She's yeah. like, and he's like, is she one of the exes or whatever? Yeah. And, and it turns out, yes, yes, she, she dabbled. Is. She t- Ramona had a phase, just a phase, just a phase. Mm-hmm. And so she, and so Roxy starts to kick his ass. Yeah, she's about to like uh, kick the shit out of his face. The Ramona and, steps and in, she, her foot is stopped. By, in a very cool shot with well, because she and Ramona Ramona's, fight for a bit. Ramona's outstretched hand, and she's like, "Well, I'll kick your ass." And so her oh, and yeah, Ramona yeah. Okay. are fighting. Yeah. Roxy takes off her belt, which turns into a long, like, whip Mi- sword kind of thing. Yeah, a very Voltron esque sure thing. And Ramona pulls out of her tiny little bag a giant fucking hammer. Yeah. Like, and they have a very like Thor's hammer. Yeah, they have a very cool like superhero sci-fi kaiju battle because mm-hmm. it's a video game remember <laughs> and and roxy's kind of getting her ass kicked and she's like great but it doesn't matter if you fight me he has to beat me this yeah. is a league game yeah so meaning scott has to be the one who defeats roxy and ramona's like fine <laughs> and scott's like i don't think i can hit a girl they're soft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to his credit, good on him for not hitting a girl. Sure. Yep. <laughs> yeah. However, if someone is trying to kill you, whether or not they're a girl, you hit back. I'm sorry. <laughs> but but okay. he's, he's reluctant. So 
Ramona does a very cool, like, kind of martial arty, very, very uh, Bruce Lee esque. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh huh. You're letting time. Very, very Jackie Chan esque, like, marionette style fight using Scott as a human. Oh, puppet. yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure where you were going with that. Uh huh. And Scott, he's. He can't beat her. He's about to get his. He's about to get effed in the B. Mm. Uh-huh. Your your BF's about to get effed in the B. Uh-huh. And so Ramona, in in hilarious slow motion, tells Scott that she has a <laughs> she has an erogenous zone in the back of her knee. Yeah. And he's like, what? How does that help? And she's like, well, when we were together, fine, I get it. So he he touches the back of her knee because she's got a rip in her in her like and, legging nylon thing, and that too. sends her into a self destructive orgasmic frenzy, and she explodes and, and dies. Coins. Oh. And so after so post battle, he's very he's once again very mopey, and he's he started drinking again, mm. which we is we we get inferences that he used to be a, a partier. Mm. He only drinks that coke now, but now he's drinking two. Gin and tonics. tonics. Yeah. And he's drunk. Yeah. And he's, so he's being kind of an asshole. He's like, Mm -hmm. how about you give me a list of all your ex, of all your exes that might want to try to kill me just so I know, you know, so that I can repair. And, and they have. To his credit, I would be frustrated and annoyed too. Well, of course. But I mean, if you've, if you, if someone says, if we're going to date, you're going to have to defeat my seven evil exes. And you agree to that. Well, then this is the path you've chosen. She oh. she told him what was going to happen. He agreed. And yeah. now he doesn't want to play. So, I mean. Sure. Sure. But, but, I mean, yeah, sure. The real world is, yeah, I would love to know who's going to try to kill me. But this, I mean, you're in a, a video game-esque yes. environment. Yeah. You sign up for this, bro. Yeah, it's like Sims. Uh-huh. <laughs> God. <laughs> so yeah, she begrudgingly gives him, as she describes it, a laminated list of her exes. And it is, in fact, a laminated list of her exes. Mm-hmm. Up next, they happen to be battling in the next battle of the bands. Yeah, the is the Katayanagi twins. Katayanagi twins, played by two actual Japanese twins. Yeah. Kyle and Ken. Kyle and Ken Katayanagi, played by Saito, yeah, uh, Keita Saito and uh, Shota Saito, I think. No, yes, yeah, Shota and Keita Saito, and they're like almost like a Daft Punk type band. Yeah, they're very much like a Skrillex, Steve Aoki. They're very much a EDM, yeah, duo. And it looks like they're totally gonna kick. And I mean, um, and and it's it's again about the bands, but. They're for whatever reason they're going on at the same time. It's amp versus amp. Amp and versus I love, amp. I love Kim Pine. She's like that poster needs more exclamation marks on it because <laughs> it's riddled with exclamation marks. Yeah, and Steven still like freaks out because at the same time that's impossible. No, it's not. Yeah, and so of course it it is. They're face to face, you know, mm-hmm. on, on two stages. Yeah, and. The Katsunagi twins, their opening gambit is to blow the roof off. Yeah. 
with like one note. And they have their and the the yeah, the 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 visual like avatar for their music are are two twin dragons, which are very yeah. cool. Which yeah, like attack sex bomb. And I mean destroy their stage, blows the roof off the yeah. off the club. But then they're able to create their own like avatar. Because Scott is he's he's invigorated because he sees Ramona there mm. with what turns out to be G-Man Gideon Graves, the legendary ex from New York. Yeah. And also the, the indie, indie producer of the year. <laughs> yes. Played by Jason Schwartzman. F- perfect. He's so swarmy. Fucking guy to like, play that. Yeah. Yeah. The only one that I could conceivably see is his twin, David Crumholtz. I couldn't even see him, no, because he's but, too but much of Jason a good guy. Jason Schwartzman is such a perfect asshole, as yeah. Wallace Wells describes him. Yeah. What a perfect asshole. Yeah. But, so yeah, so Scott is like, he he amps up Stephen Stills, he, you know, gets Sex Bomb to create their own visual avatar in the form of a giant, like, King Kong-esque uh, uh, Marvin the Martian's big... Mm. Uh, guy Abercrombie yeah. or whatever his name was I don't remember but yeah and defeats the Katsunagi's dragons and they blow up too yeah and and Ramona splits so now well and Scott gets an extra life and yeah cause Kim is like you should go talk to her mm-hmm. <laughs> is that your tummy he was and and a little like one up appears in mm-hmm. the in the in the sky by Scott's head and so he grabs it. And what chase. are you doing? I'm getting a life. <laughs> and he goes to chase down Ramona. Meanwhile, he encounters Knives, who was. She still. She Cause, still loves Scott. Because she is. Because her plan was I'm just going to make him jealous. She even, you know, she colors her hair blue like Ramona's because Ramona's hair is different colors throughout the movie. And she starts dating young Neil. She's dating young Neil. And. In the confrontation with with Todd Ingram, she he punches the highlights <laughs> out of her hair, as Young Neil says. He punched the highlights out of her hair. Just when he repeats it, the the oh most words he said the entire movie. Oh my! Like, the most like emotion, the longest he's... the longest sentence he's ever uttered this whole movie. Like, because I think he's. I was waiting for that line. I, I can recall, I think, every line he says. So what do you play? Zelda. Zelda. Tetris. Tetris. That's kind of a, a big question. It's kind of a big question. And then, how do you guys all know each other? From from high school. I'm Neil. <laughs> I'm Neil. He punched the highlights <laughs> of her hair. I was waiting for that line all night. <laughs> But but yeah, so he 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 cross crosses paths with knives once again, and she's like, "I just came to see the show. I just came yeah. to see your show." Yeah, and he's like, "Very very much a very awkward moment for both of them." He's like, "Thanks," and he skedaddles. I have to pee to chase down Ramona once again. His excuse every time he's like uncomfortable, he has to go pee. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And he he catches up to Ramona outside. Aww. Uh-huh. 
And remembering what Wallace Wells had told him was to break out the big guns, use the L word. And he's like, Ramona, I have something to tell you. I'm in lesbians with you. Yes. The L word. Because he's an idiot. No. The other L word. The other L word. Lesbians. (laughs) It's Love Scott. That was not your question. But but yeah, he confesses his his lesbian for her. I'm lesbians for you. He you know, he he's trying to reason with her to to show that he's willing he he's cool with whatever he has to deal with to to be with her. And she's like, That's great. I think we have to break up. Yeah. And he's because... like, why? It's it's Gideon. I, I just I I don't know what it is. I can't stay away. Uh-huh. And who pulls up in a giant stretch limo is Gideon, Gideon. Graves, who loves sex bombs, vibe, the music. Yeah, and this is making and very, Steven and a very date. devious move. He's like, I'm gonna sign sex bomb to a three record contract. Doesn't even matter how you guys do in the battle of the bands. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna sign you guys right now. And Steven can't get that pen fast enough. I mean, Steven pees. Yeah, he pees. He's. This is all he's wanted. This is his whole goal was to get signed by a label. Scott Pilgrim wants no part of it. You're going to have to find another bassist. And ding dong, here comes in steps young Neil. Mm -hmm. Because he's been standing in for Scott whenever Scott bails. Yeah. Knows all the songs. He Mm -hmm. can play the bass. Mm -hmm. He he doesn't doesn't necessarily know all the words, but he knows all the songs. Yeah, he knows the music. He knows all the music. Yeah. So now, Sex Bomb has a new basis. They've got a three-record deal with Gideon Graves. Yep. Gideon's got Ramona. And off they go. Sex Bomb has what they want. Gideon has what he wants. We don't know if Ramona has what she wants. No. Scott has now nothing. Nothing. Then Gideon invites Scott to his venue, the Chaos Theater. Yeah. Uh... Scott's back at home. Uh, oh. Scott is moping by himself on the swings. And then, in a very angelic moment, his sister shows up. Was she the one? Did you see a future with her? With with jetpacks and everything. I love that line. Yeah. Did you see a future with her? Mm-hmm. With jetpacks. Yeah. And she's like, well, I mean, you know, and she's kind of like a... Better to have loved and lost and never have loved yeah. it all. She's kind of like, you'll get over it. It's not the end of the world. And now, so now he's back at home, still moping. Even Wallace is like, you know what? It's probably for the best. Mm-hmm. And you got to move out anyway. She, he's like, she's only with him because he's probably better than you. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know. You know, and and but Wallace is still trying to be kind of an optimist. He's like, you know what? Better things are on your on the way for you. I'm sure. Yeah. You always kind of land on your feet. Phone rings, and he's like, oh, it's probably for you. And it's Gideon. Oh, inviting yeah. Scott. That's right. You know, he's Gideon under the veil of burying the hatchet. Invites Scott to the Chaos Theater, which is Gideon's new club in Toronto, because the sex the sex bombs are playing. Gideon is super condescending under the guise of being the better man. 
And Wallace Wells is like, what a perfect asshole. Forget what I said. Finish him. Yeah. And then we get stupid shoelace tying montage. (laughs) And he runs to the cast leader, the location of the final boss battle. Which is he he's fighting Bowser in yeah. the castle for yeah. his princess Peach. Yeah. And Sex Mom is playing the music sounds. They different. sound very sellouty. Yeah, they do. They kind sound very produced. Sound like Weezer kind of. A little bit. <laughs> and they're like, stop. Like they see him and they and because the, they know they don't sound the same. And and Gideon, he's trying to be the better he's still trying to look like the good guy. He's like, wait, you want to fight me for her? And he's like, yes, because I love her. He finally says the word. And he earns the, and he earns the power, power of, of love, love sword. Pulls it out Which of him. Which is so dumb. Hey, it's a video game. But he gets his buffs, you know, his his stamina, his strength, you know, all these little buffs that pop yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. And he and Gideon Graves fight to the death. And Knives joins in, too. And, and then, out of nowhere, because I think... Uh, Scott's about to get defeated. Knives shows up, kind of interferes, intervenes. But she's Gideon, after Ramona, Gideon thinks though. She's going to fight him for, you know, because of Scott's broken heart. Knives is there to fight Ramona. Yeah. For stealing Scott, mm-hmm. for causing all this drama in Knives' world. And they start to, to duke it out. Until Scott, Until Scott breaks like, them apart and says, no, I... It's me. I cheated on both of you. He's like, I might have... He's like, I dated Knives and then I dated you. I just didn't tell Knives. Didn't and when tell Scott... When, I mean, when Knives says, wait, you cheated on me? Yeah. Again. You were like... <laughs> delivered. So heartbreakingly. Yeah, by, she's by so this good. little Ellen Wong. Yeah. And then even Ramona's like, wait, you cheated on both of us? And he's like, no, I I cheated... On her with you. <laughs> She's like, how is that better? <laughs> you weren't wronged? What? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I mean he he's really he, I mean, he is an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean And he because and he's so he's such a narcissist. He doesn't see what's wrong with that. Yeah. And then he gets stabbed through the heart by Gideon. By Gideon yeah. <laughs> and dies. Yeah. And he wakes up in his weird his- death. Desert landscape. Yeah. And he's, again, very mopey. Michael Sarah plays mopey well. He does. Yeah. And then he gets, like, a a Dumbledore-esque visit mm-hmm. by Ramona. I thought of that, too, yeah. last time I watched it. I'm like, it's like the... They're like, they're like, like a King's Cross. Yeah. But there's no, like... <laughs> there's no baby. <laughs> shriveled up baby under the bench. Yeah. There is still a cactus, though. And, yeah, Ramona... Yeah, Ramona reveals that she literally can't leave Gideon because he's inside her head turns and shows a microchip stuck onto the back of her head. Yeah. So which she's, is which has Gideon's like like mark on it basically. Yeah. So she's literally like So she's under his spell. She's you know under his control basically. Mind I mean. control. Mm-hmm. And he's like oh fuck. And, this, and so now it's all for him it's all come together but it's too late because he's, he's dead. dead. Yeah. And he's kind of mopey. And then Ramona's voice from the heavens, you know, pops up and he's like, mentions, I forget what, exactly what the words are, but 
mentions that he does have this extra life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, his his extra life pops up. He redeems it. Yep. And he gets to, like, have a mulligan. He starts that final battle all over again. Yep. Goes back to the chaos theater. He, he groundhog days it. Sure. He lear- has learned from his sure. mistakes from that previous battle. Realizes that Sex Bomb is better with this new lineup. They sound great. And he apologizes to Kim yeah. for, well, being him, uh-huh. essentially. Yeah. Because... We, because the whole movie, she has just seemed like an angry girl. Yeah. What it is, is she's just been hurt this whole time. Mm-hmm. And with his, with his very sincere apology, that weight is lifted off of her. And she, yeah. like, there's like life back in her face again. That's what happens when people apologize. Yeah. And so then he goes back to Gideon to challenge him to a duel. He's like, wait, you want to fight me for her? And he's like, no. I'm going to fight you for me. Yeah. And Scott earns the power of self-respect sword. A much stronger sword with better buffs. (laughs) Yeah. And again, they proceed to fight. Mm -hmm. He defeats Gideon. He beats Gideon. Doesn't kill him yet. But he's got him against the ropes. So, but he now remembers that Knives is there to fight Ramona. He shows up. And he immediately immediately intervenes. Immediately ask intervenes. And he comes right out with it. I cheated on both of you. I was wrong. I'm sorry. And Gideon, who's kind of revitalized a little bit, is like being very just mocking. Yeah. Starts to kind of beat the shit out of both of them. And then Ramona comes and intervenes she attacks Gideon and then he just kind of beats the shit out of her mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which then that kind of charges up you know knives and together he and Scott she and Scott then go on to defeat Gideon yep. finally like kicking him to death yeah exploding in a in a shower of coins yep with you know, Ramona and Knives and Scott, all they're kind of just nursing their wounds. And then... <laughs> and they then, think they're done. And then Nega Scott appears. Yeah. And the girls are willing to fight with Scott, you know, because of him. And he's like, no, no, this is my fight. You guys go. And we think that we're going to, like, this. watch another battle. And then it cuts to Knives and Ramona standing outside in the snow. The door opens and out walks Scott and Nega Scott, and they're just buddy buddy. They're planning brunch. Yep. They're like, oh, see you later. And he whistled and he and, wa- and, yeah. And they're like, they've been talking oh. about waffles and shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And turns out we have a lot in common. And Nyes and Scott, they, it, it's as if they're kind of rekindling something. You know, she's being, he's being very sweet to her. She's mm-hmm. still very, you know, loving to him. Mm-hmm. Ramona is, she feels easily to be the third wheel. Fifth, yeah. The and she's wheel. like ready to go. And she's, she's like, like, I'm, and she turns and leaves. And he's like, wait, wait, you're leaving? And she's like, yeah, I mean, I thought this was all behind me, but I know I just got to keep moving. Mm. 
and she's she's again being the dumper yeah and he's like but okay mm-hmm. you know and he he gives in he yeah. he's willing to let her leave because because he was the nicest guy she's ever dated yeah and that's kind of sad yeah it is kind of sad <laughs> and but she leaves and knives being much more mature than Scott, easily by than Scott, is like, go to her. You've been fighting for her this whole time. Go. And he's I'm like, what, cool ab- what about you? I'm too cool for you anyways. Yeah. She's like, I'll be She's fine. She's right. She's totally She's right. Like, I'll be fine. I'm too cool for you anyways. Yeah. And I do like, he's like, because it's her name is Knives Chow. Chow, Chow Knives. knives. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, he runs after Ramona going, hey, you mind if I tag along? Mm-hmm. And I guess for Ramona, this is a shock because no one's ever. Wanted, They've always just taken it. Wanted to just you know and hang out with Ramona. Yeah, she's like, "You want to hang out?" He's like, "Yeah." And so, of course, then happy ending. They hold hands the... and float through another magical door off into some other Who knows where? adventure. Yeah, yeah, and the end. I I mean, happily ever after, I would assume. Yeah, I assume. Yeah. In a, in a comic book slash video game. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Fucking. Yeah, you've talked the entire time with your Italian hands and hunched shoulders. I. There's so much tension and stress in my shoulders. Right well, now. I. I have some fun facts. There's actually a shit ton of information. I'm sure there is. I'm not going to even go into nope. all of that. Don't even need to. Um, I kind of wanted to just focus on San Diego Comic-Con 2010. The first time we had ever even heard of this. Yeah. So This whole thing. Yeah. So a Scott Pilgrim versus the World panel was featured in Hall H at the San Diego Comic-Con International on July 22nd, 2010. Um, Sean and I were there. We weren't even there for this. We were we just were there not... because we, this is back when we would just camp out in Hall H all day. Yeah. So whatever panels were in between the ones we wanted to see, we just sat through them. This um, was one. And yes. I was immediately hooked. Yeah. The, the crowd went fucking nuts when fucking... they showed this trailer. I mean, the crowd went nuts when, like, the panel was announced. People were there for this panel. Yeah, I don't remember. Fans of the, if, of the books. Yeah, which were there. we had never heard of. But the crowd went fucking nuts. They, I mean, um, they went so nuts. They we they made them play it again. Remember? Yeah. They played the trailer twice. Yes. Yeah. Because the crowd demanded it. Yeah. Um, and uh, the the panel was uh, a popular event. <laughs> With uh, and Mary Elizabeth Winstead reflected that at Comic Con it felt like it was the biggest film of all time. It did feel like that. I mean, it. Like I, I left that panel going, "This movie is going to be fucking huge." Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, three of the cast members: so Chris Evans, Brie Larson, and someone's last name Simmons that I cannot. Oh, Johnny Simmons, Neil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They weren't at the panel. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Edgar Wright's uh, frequent collaborator Simon Pegg and Nick Frost made brief appearances. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Um, and then uh, Michael Sarah dressed as Captain America at the panel. <laughs> I remember that. I very much remember because that. Because he was the skinniest Captain America in the baggiest yes. Captain America pajamas. And he was, of course, you know, tongue-in-cheek reference to Chris Evans's um, absence due to commitments for Captain America, the first Avenger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. And also, um, at the panel, so there was like there was these buttons mm-hmm. that were they under the seats or no, something? No, they were they were in a big sack, and you reach in and pull one out. Little tiny buttons that had little Scott Pilgrim characters on them, mm-hmm. uh, from like the book. Yeah, and certain buttons. If you had a certain button, if you pull the Scott Pilgrim button, I think, or the Ramona one, I forget. I don't remember. There was a specific character that if you pulled. That got you into a preview screening of the movie. Yeah, like the world premiere. No one had seen yeah. this movie yet. It had not premiered. And people anyway. knew which buttons to look for. Well, so yeah. they cherry picked them. You know, I because I heard it. Yeah, as the bag was coming down. Well, so yeah, selected members of the audience got to have a screening of the film, which was followed by a performance of Black Sheep by Metric. And what I remember most about this was the next morning, we were up at the ass crack of dawn because I believe this was a Saturday. Okay. I believe Scott Pilgrim was on a Friday mm-hmm. because we were up in Hall H line Saturday morning. As was custom for this us. This would have been like Marvel Day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but we were sitting in the Hall H line under the, you know, the tent mm-hmm. by the statue. Mm-hmm. We were by the statue. And the chick behind us, she had come, there was people behind us, and a girl came and met up with them, and she's like, oh my God, you guys, last night, last night was so special. She had gone to the Scott Pilgrim Mm -hmm. screening, and I remember listening to her going, I hate you, (laughs) Um, but I'll never forget just listening to her and her like just saying it was the most amazing night I'd ever She'd ever had. And, you know, that's the magic of Comic-Con because you have these moments. And yes, like Mary Elizabeth Winstead said, at Comic-Con, this felt like the biggest movie in the world. This was the first time that Comic-Con had used a giant hotel wrap to advertise anything. Oh, was this the first one? This was was the the first first time. I do remember that wrap. That thing was fucking huge. Oh, yeah. I have pictures of it. Yeah. They they wrapped an entire hotel in Scott Pilgrim poster. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you could see it from the airport, like planes coming in. You see this mm-hmm. giant Scott Pilgrim. I'm sure hotel. you can see it from space. <laughs> um, the ho- can you name the hotel? What? Was it the Bayfront? It was the Hilton Bayfront. Yep. And outside the convention hall was also the Scott Pilgrim Experience Fair. Oh, I bet you it's in that where that the um Adult Swim playground is. That's now, what I'm usually. thinking. Yeah. Um, which included merchandise and copious amounts of free garlic bread. I'm so mad. We didn't go to that. No. I don't even think I knew about that. No, I did not know that. Know about that. That was another line I was waiting for all night. And the, cause I, I have a Scott Pilgrim shirt from Comic Con. My red one. You know, yeah, I know. Poser. Yeah. And I only have that because of a girl who went to get all the Scott Pilgrim shit. That one girl f- who we know kind of through our um our torn 
uh, or the one ring.net. Uh huh. It was that Mary Blue Fairy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Chick. Yeah. Yeah. I, I met up with her. her. She's like, I have all this Scott Pilgrim shit. And one of it was. You're like, okay. Some of it was a t shirt. So, yeah, we kind of we traded swag. I mean. Um, but we did not see this in the movie theater. We did not. I don't even know why. Um, this movie was not a hit. No, it was not. Um, the biggest movie of the year was a tremendous. It was a flop. Flop. Um, the budget was. This says between sixty to eighty-five million. Okay. Uh, can you tell me the box office? Forty-five. Forty-nine mm. point three. Mm. Um, and you know, at the time, people—I mean, critics liked it. Um. They kind of said the main reason for this failure was the marketing. They didn't know how to market it. I mean, understandably, it's a tough movie to sell. Yeah. Like director Kevin Smith said, um, it's spellbinding and nobody is going to understand what the fuck just hit them. Yeah. That kind of sums it up. Yeah. No, I, I, mean, think, I get it. I get it. And it's not like years and years and years have passed. I mean, what, 13 years? But... I do feel like 2023, this movie might be the biggest movie. Like, okay, if they... 2010, maybe ahead of its time. I don't know. I mean, if they would do a, a theatrical re-release... Which they did, but... Well, they were supposed to for, like, the 10th anniversary, but uh, COVID. Yeah. No, if they do a theatrical re-release, it it would make all that money back. But they would have to market it. Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean. They would have to, I mean. Sure. They have re-releases all the time. I never, no one ever knows about them. I never see any marketing for anything. And then I find out, oh, they re-released fucking Moulin Rouge? When? You know, like, I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know if they would know how to market Scott Pilgrim today. It's, it's still a tough movie to pitch and it's a tough movie to sell because you're like, well, it's based on these Graphic novels, aka comic books, which is, I mean, it is, it, it's what it is. But it's you in know, the style think, of like a video game. It's very meta. I mean, it's. But then again, 2023, what isn't? You know, like, have but, we come to the point where that would be an easy sell now? And, and now, I mean, you can sell it based on the star power. You can. To a degree. I mean, I mean, I. I think Michael Sarah was the biggest name for this movie at the time. Which is kind of funny. Which is sad. I mean, because you look at who's in it. I mean, Chris Evans, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Anna Kendrick. I mean, it's... Kieran Culkin. Kieran. I mean, people know Kieran Culkin, but at the time, there uh, he was probably still... He was still Macaulay Culkin's brother. brother. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, he always, he will be always to me. Macaulay's brother, but now well, he's mean, a succession guy. You know, he's like very popular. Yeah. Brie Larson. No one Brie knew. Larson. Captain Marvel is in this movie. So in 2007, I was working at Ann Taylor Loft mm-hmm. in uh, Rancho Cucamonga. And we had, you know, we would get sent CDs to play the music mm-hmm. in our stores. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there was a Brie Larson song on that CD called She Said. Brie Larson. Okay. That's what I knew her from. Oh, okay. She had one song and then she was in this movie. I'm like, hey, she said that one song that always played at Ann Taylor. 
Ooh, okay. Because she was a pop star in Canada I, before this. I knew she had like a singing career. I don't know that I've ever heard her described as a pop star. Well, I think if you're Canadian, you like, so probably know who she, she was. She was Robin Sparkles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll take your word for it. Next time I see her, I'll ask. And now she's like, hey, um, were you a pop Captain star? Captain Marvel. I mean, yeah. she's an Oscar winner. I mean, she was in The Not Room. Me. I mean, did she win for that? Yes. She did, right? Yes. Um, I know for some reason people, there's people who like don't like Captain Marvel. I fucking love Captain Marvel and I thought she there was There are people who will great. never like a female-led superhero movie. Yeah. So, well, whatever. Uh, I love garlic bread. I could eat it for every meal. And you get fat. What? Garlic bread makes you fat. Bread makes you fat. Bread, bread makes you fat. fat. That is, I mean, I hate the fact that I always, that line to me is now connected to fucking Kendall Jenner. Because Why? when TikTok was called Musical.ly, do you remember? No. Before the no. app was called TikTok, it was called music.ly. Nope. And that was like the first one that went, one of the first ones that went viral was Kendall Jenner lip syncing Bird Makes You Fat from Scott Pilgrim. I'm so glad I don't know that. I mean, I don't care because I thought it was kind of funny because it was such a deep cut. <laughs> you know what I mean? But unfortunately, but I still love that scene. Yeah. Brie Larson won the Oscar and the BAFTA for Room. Good job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I said, Critics, a lot of critics like this. What do you think, um, Rotten Tomatoes? Not that Rotten Tomatoes matters. 71. 82. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, you know, like, like I said, Kevin Smith really liked it. Quentin Tarantino really liked this movie. He even, like, kind of helped with the opening credits, I think. Like, he... Edgar Wright was... Huh? The How? opening... Um, How? Like, in what way, I mean? Like, you should do it like this. Oh, or something like that. He was somehow involved. I don't know. Maybe I'm just. Maybe he was just inspired you, by. You know the the way it opens with Bill Hader as the narrator. Which... Oh, I didn't know that was. Oh, really? Yeah. No. <laughs> okay, now I can hear it though. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. It's a great opening. It it does have a very Tarantino four rooms esque kind of quality with like the the on screen text and. The, mm-hmm. Just the weird like swipes and things, all the almost kill Billy, all the me. weird edit moves and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean that opening, the shot where it backs the, up, the opening, the the title screen above yeah, with the band, the sex bomb playing, and then the stretching room and mm-hmm. the and the snap back. Oh, I fucking love it! It's great. Yeah. Um, that's all. Like the oh, and then of course. The cast of the film scheduled to reprise their roles for Netflix's 2023 Scott Pilgrim, the anime. I am so fucking excited. Like, I don't know how we didn't know about this, but... I had no idea. Um, Not really, like, on, like, Twitter the, anymore or anything. So maybe somehow we missed the news. It ha- I mean, it's been greenlit. They say it could drop any day now. Well, I mean, yeah, you you texted me like, hey, and you sent me the thing about Scott Pokemon anime. I'm like, well, wait, because you the the first text you sent me was like a little blurb of 
Michael, Sarah, and Chris Evans getting back together to do Scott Pilgrim. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I wonder who else is going to be in it. Yeah. And then you sent me that one the, longer, the, the video. The actual Netflix announcement. And it had the music, it had the graphics, and hit all the names of people who were coming back. And it turns out it's everyone. Except for the Katiyani twins. Yeah, because they have no lines. Yeah, they, they don't. They don't speak in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I think someone said they're, they're the only names that they didn't see. But. It's the they're the only ones who don't fight Scott. Yeah, they just play their their you know weird they fight sex bomb. Sure, sort of. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, but yeah, when I watched that when I watched that video, I actually got a little like weepy because I was so happy. Yeah, and that this and thing I love was coming. No back one knows in like, the way that I wanted it to. Are we gonna follow? The story, same story again. Is it going to be a continuation of the movie? No one really knows. You know what? It can just be just each that, book by book. Yeah, it's, yeah it, if they want to base it on the books, then they have something right there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it could just be the books. And it's the books are great. I love the books. Yeah. Yep. I think I, I think I read all seven of them. Six. I think there's six. I feel like books. there's six. I, I know they're, they're on our shelves somewhere. I read them all in like... And a half. Yeah, well, they're, they're. I mean, they're the comic books. They're quick reads, yeah. Uh, but that's all like the the fun facts I have, just because there was the wiki page is so long. I'm like, I I don't even know. Yeah, because there's a an infinite amount of information for this property. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's. I still feel like it's you know underwatched. Underappreciated, more so underwatched than underappreciated. I feel like I I don't know anyone who has seen it and doesn't like it. I don't know anyone who's seen it. I mean, I've only <laughs> talked to maybe a handful of people who have seen it, but they all they they don't necessarily like love it, but they liked it just fine. They. They thought it was great, you know, whatever. I feel they like to them, it would be... They didn't become obsessed with it like I was, where I made Scott day. Pilgrim toys. No, I'm, yeah, there he is. <laughs> I mean. um, but I feel like, yeah, those people, if they saw it on TV, they would... Oh, you would stop and watch it, for sure. Yeah. You're like, oh, shit, I know this mm-hmm, part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's one of those movies. Oh, yeah. It's a great, like, Saturday afternoon on the couch. Um, And just got so many fucking lines that are so fucking funny I mean when I, I, I like there was a, a long stretch where this was on HBO and I watched it every night yeah my, without fail for weeks it's my Terminator 2 <laughs> our cat sleeping and the other cat jumped up um, not knowing that He's sleeping, and now they're just... So wait, you only hiss at his face? You're smelling his whole body, and then he turns and looks at you, and then you hiss at his face. Yeah, why is that the face? If he didn't have a face... Is it because his face is dumb, Frankie? Oh. Because you have a dumb face. God, our cats. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, you're watching this every night. Yeah. Yeah, I would would paint while watching this movie. Yeah. I I mean, I, I know this movie... Back and forth. I yeah. I probably know this movie better than any movie I know. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. I believe it. Were you I mean, like trying to like not say every line last night? You did pre- you did good. I didn't hear you. Because I was 
My heart was exploding. Heart I was, was trying exploding. to not die. You're in love. Love. I, I mean, all the weird, like, just kind of interactive graphics in this movie. Are, yeah, every time are, the phone rang, you see ring. Like, I mean, all the, the weird, the small details, like all the little, little hearts. light um, flares that are in the background, they turn to hearts whenever Scott's in love. And his t-shirts often match the color of her hair. Yeah, after they've met, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love how upset he is with the first time she changes her hair color. She's fickle. She's fickle. <laughs> like, he's she, so she, upset she about, it. about it. <laughs> you know, which to him, that's like, oh, she'll just... I mean, she'll get rid of me just as easily. Yeah, that's his thinking. <laughs> and Wallace, can't believe you're worried about me gang up this place. <laughs> yeah, we didn't mention that Wallace is... Um, He's gay. He's like super gay, like like with a cape. I mean, he's so gay. He's amazing. But not like flim. No, he's the gay? most he's the most butch gay. Wow. Okay. That's weird, but but he's such a playboy. Like he will steal Anna Kendrick's um it's date. A, it's it's basically a game to him. Yeah. How many of her boyfriends can I steal yeah. and turn? Yeah. And I mean, he's always in bed with a guy. I mean, he's in bed with multiple guys at in- certain times. Well, including Scott, because there's... Well, yeah, he has to sleep. <laughs> there's one bed. Scott has to sleep with him because there only exists one bed. I love when it goes around and says who the, the room Wallace, belonging. Wallace, Wallace, Scott's coat, Wallace's coat, better. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's, yeah, he's so good. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like you could probably talk about this movie for like another two hours. Oh yeah, but I would I would do it Star Wars minute esque. Oh, I, I could do this Scott Pilgrim minute by minute. Yeah, well, it's me. Yeah, I mean newsies I could do. Oh god, <laughs> which would not make you happy. T two, you could do T2 no problem. I could do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, it's one of those like you can just watch with your eyes closed, and the sound off, and you know exactly what's happening. <laughs> Like, we could do a whole Scott Pilgrim versus the pod. Oh. Series. Yeah. You could. I couldn't. I definitely could, yes. Yeah. I would do it by myself. You would. Hey, coming soon, Scott Pilgrim versus the pod. Featuring me. That's it. Is there anything you want to add about this movie? Anything else about how it makes you feel? Everyone in this movie. Every... Like, the... It's such a, a well-curated cast. Huh? Everyone is so... Even even the villains, the quote-unquote villains, everyone in this movie is so likable, and their dialogue is so sharp mm-hmm. that it, it feels like like an, like an Office episode. You know, it's just mm. so just yeah. crisp. Yeah. Everything in it, it seems... So well, it seems like choreographed chaos. Yeah. Do you think that comes down to Edgar Wright? I. It's definitely Edgar Wright's sensibilities. Yes. Yeah, I think so too. It's def. It reeks of his style. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, because we haven't really talked about him yet at all. Um, like I would compare the- like his his style as being so like iconically him, just like. Taika has his style. Sure. You know? 
Yeah. Like, there's just a, a certain flavor you can just... And like... like and it, it's subtle, but you know it, it's it's definitely there. And like Joss Whedon has yeah, that too. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I think it has a lot to do with Edgar Wright. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think Brian Lee O'Malley had such a great base line, you know, for like the characters. And I think Edgar Wright really put in... And, and the performances. Yeah. Like, it all just gelled all together so well. Yeah. Like, the three aspects of that. Um, and, Man, I, mean, I mean, it's all just so good. I mean, it's it's a perfect... It's all wrapped up in a, in a perfect Scott Pilgrim burrito. Wow. Garlic bread. Or garlic bread. Makes you fat. I make you fat. <laughs> all right. Well, my, my throat hurts. Okay. So yeah, you did. I told Sean, I'm like, you're going to have to be the one who plots this one out because you know it by heart. And I would obviously go too fast and skip over things. I'm looking up at our, our Peter Pan little mm-hmm. piece of art. And I'm like, oh, they were Peter Panning it, Ramona and Scott. And they, she takes them by the hand oh, and, they, and they fly through the door. Look. There it is. He's taking her by and they're flying through the window. Yeah. But yeah. We should find your Ramona Flowers painting and Oh, it's downstairs. I I yeah, I know where it is, but yeah. we should put it up. I had it up for a while on that wall. Yeah, by the skateboard. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. I want a Lucas Lee skateboard now. What color of hair did you like the best? Well, the magenta. Yeah. Yeah, same here. Of course. And then it was also blue and then green. The green is was very much the turn. Yeah, that was that's, Gideon. That's Gideon's color. Yeah. And it was definitely not her choice to color her hair green. Yeah. I love all her outfits. I love her bag. Her fucking jackets are were I, the best. Well, yeah, you know me and jackets. Her little I mean, star bag is amazing. Which I'm sure I could find that. Like That's all over Etsy. No yeah. worry. Um, it would have to be a good size, though. Um, but I want all of Scott's t-shirts. Of course, I'm a t-shirt whore. You are. And he does have some funny t-shirts. With little, little graphic tees. I mean, I mean, there's the the Smashing Pumpkins one with the SP. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's meta. But like the one, there's like quotations. There's the one with just generic quotations. There's mm-hmm. a Plum Tree. Like, oh, yeah. I think it's like Plum Tree Records, I think it's supposed to well, be. Well, Plum Tree is a Canadian band. Oh, is it? Yeah. And then there's like the Guitar Head. Yeah. On one. Mm-hmm. I mean, Do you wear that during the, the bass battle? Yes. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I love his, like, sweatbands. <laughs> yeah. One last question. Who's huh. your favorite ex? I It's probably Matthew Patel. Really? Yeah. Oh. His, I thought it would be between whole, Lucas I, I love and, Roxy. and Todd. Todd's my favorite. Todd the fact that like, I started laughing as soon as I saw him playing the guitar. Well, be, yeah, well, I mean, because it, it's Brandon He's Ralph. so ridiculous, yeah. for one thing. Anyway, but yeah. I, I would, okay, my order for, from best to, I guess, worst, X would be Matthew Patel, Roxy, Lucas Lee is right behind. Yeah, yeah. The twins, because I don't know enough about them. Yeah. Because I do like the... When it, the big reveal is Ramona dated twins and then Young Lee at the same, same time. time. Well, I love like the 
like the poster. Yeah, the, just, the, that they use to describe them as like the, Japanese the PowerPoint gorgeous. the PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> and they're like Japanese gorgeous twins or whatever yeah. they say. So yeah, it would be yeah, Matthew, Roxy, Lucas, the twins, Todd Ingram, and then Gideon. Gideon. Oh, I but Gideon is he's so like just I mean, he's tasty, definitely though. the the most evil yeah. and the hardest to defeat. So I mean to say that he's my least favorite is is I mean it's all just increments, you know. Mm-hmm. So do you want to pick for our next or I mean shall we pick for our next one? Yeah, let's take a Oh, you're taking a break? Quick, quick break oh, before we do that. PP break? Okay. <laughs> Twelve seconds later. Okay, are we gonna pick? I don't remember what number we're I think one sixty one. It's one sixty one. That's what I thought. Hey, Google, pick a number from 1 to 161. 19. 19. 19. Hmm. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. All right. What? Um. It's a movie from 1985. Back to the Future. No. Good guess, because the right letter and the right year. Back to the Future (laughs) 2. No. Back to the Beach 2. No. Um, It's a John Hughes movie. Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Oh, my God. When's the last time you saw this movie? 35 years ago. It could have been 35 years ago. Uh, Probably 20 years ago. 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say the same. Didn't you pick this out? Are you going to watch it? You're not going to watch it with your parents. You don't like your parents. You don't like hanging out with your parents. <laughs> uh, the Breakfast Club. Would you say this is probably John Hughes's yes. most popular yes. one? Even more popular than Ferris? Yeah, I would. Mm. 16 Candles? It's hard to say. He had such a... he. His The hits just keep coming. The I mean, hits kept coming for a while. And they don't stop coming until... They stopped. Um, uh, Breakfast Club. Mm, I I think Ferris is his most commercial mm, movie. I don't remember. Well, I'll have to like look at the compare, most like, like it's the most quote unquote mainstream movie. But I think Breakfast Club is like the it's for like the John Hughes purists. Like that's mm, their. And then there's like I think some kind of wonderful is for the John Hughes purists. That's for that's the a, John Hughes snobs. Okay. <laughs> that's that's for the John Hughes hipsters. Yeah, my Who were into John Hughes before you even heard of John Hughes. Yeah, they're like, oh, yeah. you haven't seen some kind of wonderful? It's his best one. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, Breakfast Club. Man, I I don't know that I saw this in 1985. But I was very, you were, very young when I saw this. I mean, you would have been 10. So, I don't know. Think about it. I certainly didn't. I didn't see this until... High school. But I, I definitely saw this when I was very young. Mm-hmm. All right. So Sean's going to ponder that for a while, for yeah. a week. Um, because I thought they were all 35. They might have been. And looking at this movie now, they Judd all look like... Nelson might have been 35. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Next week... The Breakfast Club. 
Um, until then, you can follow you us. You need to keep up with I your do not like duties. So- I do not like social media. No one does. You can follow us on the socials, uh, Instagram and Tumblr at Why Do We Own This DVD. And thanks, as always, to Brushy One String for our theme song. You can find Brushy at BrushyOneString.com. I don't know why I said it like that. Changing things up, I guess. And thanks to Marlene LePage for our artwork, who does not have a .com. (laughs) (laughs) But thanks to Marlene anyways. (laughs) Uh, That's it. Enjoy some... hmm. Hmm. Oh, there's enjoy a lot. some Beck because you'll have already oh. heard Sex Bomb, and you'll probably have heard some Brie Larson. Yeah, not Metric. Yeah, they released a soundtrack with the Brie version. You know that. I finally, yes, they did a couple years ago. Yeah, for like the tenth anniversary. Yeah, finally, and there's like six different versions of Ramona on that one. A lot of like demos. Oh, really? Like Beck demos. Yeah, I love that. They were like, hey, Beck, do you want to write a song for this little movie? So was like, yeah, sure. Ramon, though that song was written for the movie, or did it exist I don't before? know. I no, don't even know. I don't know either. I don't know. You know, I don't know. I mean, I do, because you know I love Beck. I know. I'm waiting for the Beck box set to drop. The box set. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Um, wait, I want to find out. Oh, Sean's got find pause. Out. Let's pause real quick. A few moments later. Yes, this song was written by Beck for this movie for Ramona. Good job. Enjoy this song. Okay, bye.